uh, listeners of the Bylines Network podcast. It's been a while. Uh, my name is Julian Greenbank, based in West England. My name's Chris, and I'm based in London. Ah, uh, yeah. Part of what I like to call Bylines Grey, where <laughs> no one reports, so... <laughs> oh, so, how have you been, Chris? It's It's been a while, keeping him... Taken apart from the fact that uh, we haven't uploaded an episode in a while. Yeah, it's been good. Um, I'm no longer in Brighton as I was when I was last here. I've returned to the homeland. <laughs> uh, much to my sadness, Brighton remains in my heart. Um, but yes, it's all good. Yes, you've moved back to the only part of England that matters, according to... Well, everybody. Um, According to everyone. Um, No, I'm I'm back in London, but as as people who don't live in London will know, um, people people who've only lived in London think it's great. People outside of London, it isn't all that. Um, Brighton was fantastic. Um, But once you've grown up in London, you leave for a while, you realise there's things elsewhere. But it's good to be back. It's good to see you as well. Um, I'm looking forward to discussing these local election results. Ah, uh, yes, the the local election results that feel like an age ago at the time of recording. Uh, In case they pass by anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, for for the record listeners, we are recording this just around the time of the National Conservative Convention thing. And... Yeah, that, that'll be another episode, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Wildlife Network podcast. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> We, yeah, we are going to be discussing um, the last local elections that were held at the start of May. Um, we have each picked out some uh, interesting results. Um, and, you know, uh, hosts goes first. So, Chris, what happened? Well, as, as people probably know already, the Conservatives did extremely badly, mainly to the expense of Labour, but also the Lib Dems. And there were some interesting changes of councils and seats one of the results unsurprisingly i've chosen to talk about is brighton and um, and the reason for that is that it's it's well known and it's thought across the country that brighton's this green party haven sort of island where everybody's a green voter and for the first time in 20 years labor have gained a majority on the council at these recent elections the greens lost 13 councillors and i think I'm right in saying that Labour gained the most councillors in Brighton out of any council in the UK. So it's actually quite a big achievement for them. Now, this is interesting because obviously, like I said, people think Brighton's a very green area there, and there are lots of green supporters there. But Labour have gained a majority for the first time in 20 years. And it's interesting to talk about why that is. So a lot of what you see and what you hear from people on the ground who voted and people I've spoken to, um, a lot of the consensus there was that just stuff wasn't working in Brighton over the last couple of years. Whether that's tied in with COVID and other things like that, it's hard to say. But from, you know, speaking to people and anecdotally, um, you took you look at things like the most recent bin strikes. I think that was October last year. Um, the bins were collected for weeks on end. Um, you look at things like the, um, it sounds silly, but if if you live in Brighton, it's quite important that there's lots of public toilets which are available for people to use. A lot of those were closed, much to people's upset. 
Um, I'm sure that you'll be aware of low traffic neighbourhoods, <laughs> which are an, an unpopular policy as well. From, from speaking to people who changed their vote from Green to Labour, as from people I knew there, one of the main things was just incompetence from the administration previously. Um, and I, I think that's interesting. It's the I think it's the first time that actually, potentially the council's been in no vote overall control, but I might be wrong. Um, I think there were no overall control before with the sort of slight majority with the Greens, but I'm not sure. Um, but it was quite bad for the Greens um, in Brighton. It's it's also interesting speaking to people, and I know that from living there, council tax there is very, very high. I think it's one of the highest rates in England. And it comes back to the point where just things weren't working and people are sort of saying, well, what am I getting for my council tax? Um, you can have a debate about whether council tax is an effective tax or not. That's that's for another day. But um there was definitely a sense of people not getting that value. And also it was interesting looking at what students thought, because obviously Brighton has two universities based there. Um, you'd think that that was a demographic that the Greens should do quite well in, but a lot of them turned to Labour this time. And again, it comes back to things like um, bins, the maintenance of the roads, cycle lanes, and but also housing. There's been a lot of conversation about planning in Brighton and how the Green Party have made that more difficult. And the one thing that especially young people want to see is more affordable housing and that just doesn't exist and the fact that that's been made harder by the green party is quite surprising especially in certain wards i remember when i lived there you definitely had some local councillors who were a bit nimby um especially to sort of you know quite concentrated housing so sort of some blocks of flats not quite high rise but for those who don't know nimby means not in my backyard so basically people who don't want uh things like high-rise flats built because, oh, it would spoil the view kind of thing. There's actually been a, a lot of that happening in Bristol as well, so maybe it's just something that happens with the left-wing cities in the south, you know? I mean, it's interesting because housing, I mean, it, that wasn't just in Brighton, housing was a big conversation topic across many, many councils. I mean, if you look at Medway, which um the Labour gained off the Conservatives the, I think the council leader the Tory council leader who was defeated there spoke about how the top-down housing targets was a problem and people didn't like that there which is why they voted Labour but I mean if 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 my memory serves me correctly <laughs> Rishi Sunak could be to bow to some pressure from his backbenchers and remove those targets so I'm not too sure if that message didn't translate but um, in Brighton, it was a that's a big issue. Housing is a huge issue. Rent is just stupidly high. Um, there is not enough housing. Period. There is not enough building. Period. Um, the quality of housing is not good enough when it is built, and I'm sure that's a problem that's replicated across the country. But it seems to have translated into a bit of a um, annihilation for the Greens there. There's also the fact that the the borders were redrawn. Do you think that? Uh, helps labor in any way um, not, not to not to like go on down like a conspiracy theory of oh, that they literally redrew the lines so that they could get the greens out because i don't think that is what happened but i mean it's interesting i don't really i haven't really looked at that aspect of it um i i, I didn't i wasn't aware that the, the wards are redrawn in brighton certainly um but the one thing that i thought was interesting was the cent more to the center of brighton where you'd expect and where typically the green votes had been more strong those were the areas where the support was lost um so i don't know if the redrawing of the wards had so much to do with it but i'm sure that one or two deposed councillors will have something to say about that <laughs>
fun. Yeah, speaking as a Green Party member, newly formed Green Party member, by the way. I should disclose um, I'm a Labour member, so... Um... <laughs> we now obviously hate each other. Um, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wanted to... So that was the results in uh, the Bryson Council, who I believe do it every four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on to the, the Tory heartlands known as Hertfordshire, or as somebody uh, at Green Alex calls it, Hertfordshire, which I, I found hilarious. So Hertfordshire, in case people don't know, is a county just north of London. It's home to uh, Watford and St Albans, and it's had like a very strong Conservative vote for like the last 40-odd years, particularly the constituency where I come from, Hitchin Harpenden. They have had a Conservative MP since it was formed in 1983. Even so, yeah, as as you can tell, it's like very dedicated Tory base there. At a local level, it's a little less conserv- conservative, but you're more likely to find a, a Lib Dem or no overall control council. So the makeup was there are 10 councils in Hertfordshire outside of the main uh, county council, of course, and majority of them, the majority of the councils were in fact conservatives. I think the only exceptions were St Albans, uh, Watford, and North Hertfordshire, and there's probably another one that I am forgetting, so I do apologise for that. Um, Watford and St Albans were Liberal Democrats, and uh, North Hearts is no overall control with a Lib Lab um, coalition running that count- particular council. The the left wing parties weren't looking for like any major grounds in Hertfordshire because, as I said, it's the Tory heartlands. Um, you know, a couple of councils, arguably that, and they're ex- hoping hoping to get make gains on. You know, but not get like any overall control. Like the Greens targeted um, East Hertfordshire because they had one councillor on there that they gained from the Conservatives. So they just like, oh, we might sneak in a few. We've had success in Bristol, so maybe people would abandon traditional left left parties and be upset with the Tories and make a couple of gains there. And most notable was Decorum, which I hope I'm pronouncing uh, correctly. Uh, which the Liberal Democrats made massive gains um, at the previous local elections. They went from, like, I don't know, less than 10 to 19. Wow. Not enough to, not enough to gain a majority um, over the Conservatives, but they made significant grounds there. So obviously you had Ed Davey knocking down haystacks. Painted blue going, we're going to win here. Because if there is one thing Ed Davey is, he's a diva with props. Uh, No clock involved the day after. That that comes later. (laughs) Sorry. I'm skipping. Slow down down there, uh, Silver. Now, there are only three councils where all of the seats were up for re election. Most of them go by like this system of a third every four years with a break on the fourth year. And all of them were all of them had seats up for re-election and as i said not that many high expectations for a few of these councils labor labor were expecting to keep stevenage um there was expected to be a no overall control still in north hertfordshire 
And, you know, maybe, maybe return decorum to a no overall control council. So first of all, the minor gains. Um, the Greens gained one councillor on St Albans. So they ha- now have two. But that's still a Liberal Democrat supermajority. So, yeah. Stevenage, no change whatsoever. Still belongs with Labour. All, all roses over there. Um, Watford continues to be as yellow as its kit suggests. And Broxbourne had no change whatsoever. And the Three Rivers Council only had one more green MP. Which brings it up to two overall. So, Hartsmere. The MP for this area is the deputy um, Tory leader, Oliver Dowden. The Conservatives lost 13 councillors here. And they both got distributed between Labour and the Liberal Democrats. So the makeup is now the Tories 16, Labour 14 and the Liberal Democrats 9. There is no overall control in Hartsmere. Well, and in Hatfield, um, not a, not that many changes, but th- there were there was a minor change that led to a no overall control council. Yeah, the Conservatives just lost three councillors here. Um, but since there are forty eight councillors, that means that they no longer have a majority. I don't know what the plan is there. Um, I'm hoping that Liberal, the Liberal Democrats, and Labour form like a, a coalition but i don't know you never really know of these things and then you have my uh my heartlands north north hearts yeah the conservatives lost five councillors here um so it's still no overall control but very minor gains for the left-wing parties the two biggies and i'm, I'm talking like the big big ones there is now no overall control in east hertfordshire because the Conservatives lost 27 councillors. I mean, that's catastrophic. That That is, like, catastrophic. Do you know who got 18 of them? I do not know. The Greens. That is impressive. That, so it goes to show, I mean, the Green, the, me talking about Brighton and the Green losses there, it's not the whole picture. It's not the whole, it's not the whole picture. Like... From what I, from what I can tell, it is probably like the problems of the Westminster part party like bleeding down locally and affecting it that much, and people just looking for an alternative. Because as I said, you know, a lot of people there are a lot of like conservative voters who are just like, well, we don't really want to vote for Labour for whatever reason, and so they're looking for like an alternative. That being said, though, they, Labour did get five more councillors from zero, so very minor gains there. But yeah, the Green Party are now the biggest party in East Hertfordshire. Go I figure. Wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that that would be a sentence that I'd hear. <laughs> <laughs> and now on to decorum, which is in West Hertfordshire, uh, for people who have now gone up a map and are now just wondering, where? So as I said earlier, the Liberal Democrats had nine had nineteen, and the Conservatives had thirty-one. Yeah, thirty-one beforehand. The Conservatives lost thirteen <laughs> councillors, and the Liberal Democrats, uh, the Liberal Democrats now have twenty-eight, a change of nine, making them the biggest party in decorum. Wow. 
and that's where the clock that's where the clock comes in where, that you were referencing earlier it was times up I think times up exactly like i said he's a diva for props <laughs> i mean if he can he can drive a tractor bash through some hair bells get a get a graffiti clock He's essentially well, a more he's essentially a more presentable, more coherent, much more sensible Boris Johnson. I was gonna say, where do these all these uses of props sound familiar? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Let's not hark back to that recent history. <laughs> that being said, though, of course, Ed Davey infinitely better than Boris Johnson. I think you'd be very hard pressed to find anybody who would debate that. Yeah, I'm not we're not comparing Boris Johnson and Ed Davey. <laughs> No. But yeah, the um, so it was a very very interesting n- night for the um for the left wing parties, mm. as those um as those results uh, have recent very recently shown. In fact, as we are recording this, we just had a recent by election for Stroud, in which the Greens made massive gain. Well, they made a gain in Stroud, which now means that um. Yeah, Stroud, I believe Stroud is still no overall control. But yeah, they it's no overall control, but there is now like one more Green Councillor on that, just adding to like the success that um the Green the Green Party can now say that they have. In fact, pretty much the only party that lost, like utterly got annihilated, was the Conservatives. And that's impressive, considering the fact that these are the local elections that brought down Theresa May. So they've made even more losses on top of losses. And yeah, it's it's important. You can't really overstate how bad this is, considering the Tory party went into this with expectation management saying, if we lose a thousand seats or we expect to lose a thousand seats, which was a worst case scenario. And, you know, from a political strategy point of view, that's you saying we're going to be utterly, utterly annihilated. But if we're not, this is where we thought we'd do. So we can backtrack later and say we did quite well. They've actually exceeded that target. Mm. <laughs> they lost, they lost um, I think, 1,063 seats. One, yeah, something uh, like that. And... Um, to to quote, um, have I got news for you? Why did they say they only lost 1,000 seats? Because they were being optimistic. <laughs> And I mean, 49 councils as well to lose is quite a significant number. Yeah. But the, the the interesting thing that I think, well, looking at the data from these elections, I think this year, I think there's more councils in no overall control than there ever has been before. Oh, yeah. If you look at a, a map of the results, it's just like a sea of grey. Grey, yeah. And it's all very well for, and, and I'll be honest, the Greens did, the Greens and the Lib Dems did very well. Um, but Labour are playing this as a sign they'll win the next election. Now. Well, uh, I mean, not to go by what the BBC says. The guy who made like the projection did say that they would win by like nine points or something, which is still a win, you know? It's still a win, but I think the the consensus at the moment, and of course people in the Labour don't want to talk about it, because we know where situations with hung parliaments and the Labour Party have gone before, you know, pictures of Ed Miliband in Alex Salmon's pocket. On those results, if they were projected nationally, that would be a hung parliament. And of course, that's not including people voting in London and Scotland. That's probably by no means a, an 100% accurate 
projection, but it still shows that if you're a Labour Party activist and you want to be bullish, there's still work still on the doorstep. It's not over yet. Yeah, it's also been a very, very good sign for um, the Green Party. But let's face it, any sign for the Green Party is a good sign for the Green Party. <laughs> um, you know, not to be overly cynical, but we do only have one MP um, currently standing in Westminster in an area that they just lost control of. And it is a very sad but very real fact that people vote differently on a national level than they do for a local level. So if the Greens do want to continue making gains, they are going to have to step it up and target like, you know, successful areas like Mid Suffolk, maybe East Hertfordshire, and definitely uh, Bristol Central or Bristol West, depending on when we get a, a general election, where they have been shown that they have a supporter base that they can rally there. Yeah, but yeah, when it comes to like the fact that the Green Party doubled their the number of their councils and got one council for the first time in their history, it is a significant gain, yes, but it's still just like yeah, calm calm down, everybody. Yeah, and I think as interesting as the results in Brighton were, I don't necessarily think that the results there would reflect in an in a general election. I don't think that is because Caroline Lucas is fab. Let's face it. She, she is. And um, I I think, actually, and, and, I mean, if people who look at local government and if you lived in Brighton and you saw the way that services were run, you can quite easily distinguish the difference between a Green administration of local council and a Green MP who does good for um, their constituents in Westminster. There are lots of dis distinctions between what an MP does and what a local council does. They aren't always clear cut, but... MPs have very limited power when it comes to local authority uh, uh, provisions. Mm. I think, actually, I think Caroline will be safe in Brighton. I think she'll be returned in the next election. I don't know what her majority will be like, but certainly the people who I spoke to about the reasons they voted Labour this in this local election, they wouldn't dare vote against Caroline in the next election because I think she's a good constituency MP. And I think that's something to note. And maybe that uh, we'll see if that's reflected across the board where gr the Greens have made gains in places like Mid Suffolk and Hertfordshire. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, let's. I mean, let's face it. The nine point pro projection is still like a hung parliament. Any any parliament that is not a parliament that allows sewage to be pumped into our rivers is a is a good change, you know. And that's not taking into account tactical voting either. Which... Tactical voting will be a massive yeah. issue too. Yeah. It's, it's become more prevalent at general elections in recent years, and it no doubt will be next time. Um, and of course, um, even though, as far as I can tell, it didn't really affect the local elections, there is still the issue, the hot topic issue of um, photo ID. Mm. Now, last time I checked, it was 1.5% of voters got turned away because they didn't have adequate ID, but it was mostly in areas where people traditionally vote conservative and it was mostly um the older group of people who also traditionally vote conservative i i don't necessarily agree with um jacob really smug 
um, about like that being like the main reason why the Conservatives lost, or in his, is in his words, gerrymandering. And that's the big story. That's 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 the big story from that. Um, but you know, the conversations of about voter ID before the election were about disenfranchising people who voted Labour, and that I mean that may well still happen. It's still early. It may it may well happen, but when it came to like groups like the youth, where it's just like, oh, these it's going to really disenfranchise the youth, and it's just like if the youth drink, they have ID. Because they need it to get into pubs these days, you know? Absolutely. Um, but I think one key thing that we haven't looked at yet, and I think if you think about the demographic of London and the the population of London, I think where you will truly see any issues with voter ID will be when there are elections held here. Um, we'll wait and see how that goes. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully by then the message gets out and people are able to get their their voter authorities yeah i think i think that was also like a big issue of why a lot of people got turned away because the conservatives didn't give local authorities enough of a budget to put up anything beyond a couple of posters saying hey this is a thing now but you know what with it being in like the national conversation and the fact that we're not getting a general election until like 2024 unless something really goes really really wrong um yeah we're we're not getting a general election for like a couple of a couple of months at the earliest so hopefully the message will have gotten in a bit more we would hope so um but i mean it's interesting that it's come out that these elections disadvantage conservative voters and i mean and coming back to mid suffolk which i mentioned earlier um the the Conservative Council leader who lost his seat talked about how that was one reason why voters in in um, Mid-Suffolk didn't come out and vote. Then, I mean, there's a pattern here because you look at the comments he made and then you look at the comments made by the council leader in Medway. He said the same thing. Yeah, I mentioned earlier he blamed, you know, com- complaints about housing and, and top-down housing targets. But he also mentioned the fact that a lot of voters didn't have ID or couldn't be bothered to find it and didn't want to take it to the polling station with them. And I think whether that's a narrative that we'll see develop over the coming weeks, I don't know. But this seems to have extraordinarily backfired. It does, Uh, yeah. So long story short, it was a very good night for everyone where the Lib Dems, the Greens, and Labour could all claim some kind of victory. They made gains in areas they didn't think they would gain, and the only people that really lost are the Conservatives. And the other takeaway is, it's too early to say what that means for the general election. <laughs> yes. Although I'm still, I'm still optimistic that it would mean that the Conservatives, the Conservatives won't get in. I, I remain ever optimistic. We can only keep our fingers crossed and continue to campaign and get that vote out. Exactly. Now is not the time to relax. Now is the time to take this and run with it. Well, I've uh, thank you very much for joining us, listeners. Um, I've been Julian Greenbank of West England. And this is Lynn Chris from London. Thank you for listening to the Bylines Network podcast. Our hosts this week were Julian Greenbank and Christopher Davis. The editor was Julian Greenbank. We do hope 
that you join us for our next Pride-themed episode. Until then, thank you very much for listening.